My brothers, my sisters, my family in Christ. The first reading of our Mass this evening, taken from the second book of the Chronicles in the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, is very instructive for us. We need to note what happened in this lesson from Second Chronicles. God had previous to this occasion led his people under Moses out of the slavery of Egypt to the freedom of the desert. And he promised them an eternal covenant, a covenant which was not just an agreement, not just a business contract, but a covenant was there was a life commitment. So the, his people became his. He became his people's God. And this was repeated 40 years later at the end of their wandering in the desert when Joshua succeeded Moses and actually led the people, the, tr the 12 tribes of Israel, across the Jordan River into the land that God had promised them, had promised them for all eternity if, this was a conditioned promise, if they would maintain his law, if they would obey him, they would observe his statutes, his decrees, this whole way of life that God had presented to them in the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, and in the Torah, the law of the Old Testament. The burden of Second Chronicles to this reading, which we have this evening, is our first lesson of the Mass. reminds us that the Hebrew people, the 12 tribes, again and again and again broke this covenant. They were not faithful to God. They did not live out their covenant obligations to God. And God sent them messengers, sent them prophets, prophet after prophet after prophet, some 30 prophets in all. And the prophets were ignored. Really, most of the prophets were killed, were rejected, not only humiliated, but most of them were killed, murdered. And so, some seven centuries before the time of our Lord Jesus, The, uh, the, the, the uh, empire of Assyria, modern-day modern Iran and Iraq, came and invaded the land of, of, of Israel, the, the, the land of the 12 tribes of the north of, of the Holy Land, took them into captivity, a captivity from which they would never return. And then 200 years later, some five centuries before the time of our Lord Jesus, the Babylonian Empire came and took the remaining kingdom of Judah, the kingdom of the Jewish people. And these two kingdoms collapsed. These two kingdoms were conquered, were punished, were taken into exile precisely because they had not observed the law of God, 
They had not been faithful to God. They worshipped him. They offered sacrifices. They built a temple. But in their individual lives, they did not observe God. And they were dishonest, they were impure, they were immoral, they were sinful in multiple respects. And because of this, they lost the kingdom of the north, Israel, the kingdom of the south, in Judah, Judea. We might tend to look down upon our Hebrew forebears of the Old Testament because they were not faithful to God. But we need to remind ourselves that the same judgment can come upon us. We need to be faithful to, to, to God, to his law, to his love. We need to manifest the love of God back to him and then manifest the love of God in, in integrity and in honesty and in purity to all those whose lives we touch. And if we do not, we will lose what we have gained. It is not enough to simply believe. Many Christians today, in fact, maybe in our country at least, quite probably the majority of Christians, believe that all we have to do is have faith in Jesus, faith in God, and it's going to be fine. We can commit all the sins we want, rack up one sin after the other, and it'll be fine. But it's not what Jesus said. Jesus tells us in the Gospel of our Mass today from St. John and in many other places in the New Testament, our Lord tells us that we must not only believe, but we must translate our faith into daily life. We must be people of integrity, people of love, people of honesty, people of purity. In the Gospel of our Mass today, Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, a member of the ruling council of the Jewish people, the Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin met the great council. And Jesus tells Nicodemus, and through Nicodemus tells all of us, tells you and me tonight in our hearts that we must not only believe, but we must live out our faith. We must translate our faith into daily action. And if not, if we do not do this, we will be punished as were the tribes of the north in Israel, as was the tribe of Judah in the south in the Old Testament. We see gathering around us storm clouds, honestly. We see around us programs in education, in government, attitudes in society, concepts that are contrary to God and that are very, very, very common. 
And you and I, as followers of Jesus, you and I have a choice to make not just once, not just on the day of our baptism, not just at Mass, but every single hour of the day, we choose God or we reject God. We reject God when we are impure in adultery, in fornication, in contraception, in abortion. And our clergy fall into this same category. In the last seven decades, <coughs> excuse me, in the last seven decades, some th three, four percent of our priests in the Catholic Church in the United States have been unfaithful to their vow of celibacy. And this has caused an enormous scandal, huge scandal. Rightly, people expect better of us. And that three or four percent have failed. Our Lord Jesus says in the Gospel of the Mass that he will be raised up. That was a, 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 a coin phrase among the Jewish people at the time of our Lord, meaning crucifixion. The Jewish people dreaded crucifixion. It was used as the most extreme punishment by the Roman occupation authority against Jews who did not toe the Roman line. And he said he would be lifted, he would be crucified. And from the blood, the, the, the blood of Jesus would flow from the cross where he's lifted up and will wash away the sins of all the world if, if we abandon our sins. I think it was interesting. The very night of the first Easter Sunday, the, the, the evening when Jesus had risen from the tomb in the morning, he appeared to the 11 remaining apostles, well, 10 of the remaining apostles. And I, I've often thought about this. You know. Jesus could have said a lot of different things. He could have said, where were you guys when I needed you? When they came to arrest me, you ran out, you bailed out. He didn't say that. He did not criticize them. He did not condemn them. He did not reject them. Instead, he said, as the Father has sent me, I send you. Why did the Father send Jesus into the world? God, the Father sent Jesus, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, into the world to overcome sin. And Jesus, on that evening of the first Easter Sunday, sent his first bishops, his first priests, out into the world to forgive sins. It is difficult to follow the law of God. It is very hard. Without God's help and grace, it is impossible. None of us can do it. None of us. But Jesus, on that first, in the evening of that first Easter Sunday, gave us the sacrament of confession of reconciliation. He said to his first priests, his first bishops, whose sins you forgive are forgiven, 
whose sins you retain are retained. The sacrament of confession. The sacrament of confession does not just remove sin. Obviously, it does that. But the sacrament of confession gives us from God a special grace, a special talent, a special help to avoid our sins, the sins we have just confessed. The best way to live a life of virtue, the best way to overcome sin is to frequent the sacrament of confession, not just during Lent, but all of our lives. It is interesting to notice how the early church spread. The early church spread like wildfire all over the Mediterranean world and into the Middle East, into Northern Europe. And it spread through the example of Christian lay people, lay women, lay men, children, teenagers, adults. Pagans who had learned in paganism to be sinful said, I want to be like that. I want to be this this kind of person like these Christians. And they converted by tens of thousands. How many people, how many non-Catholics, how many non-Christians, of which in our society there are many, would look at our lives, your lives, my life, and would say, I see Jesus in that person. I see Jesus in that Catholic. I want to be that way. That is how conversions come about. Not through programs, not through arguments, not through sermons, not through books, but by the example of pure lives. We need to go to confession, use the sacrament of confession, of reconciliation that God has given us, not just during Lent, but all through the year, all 12 months of the year. And if we do that, we will become saints. That is the destiny that Jesus has laid out for us. It will be very embarrassing for us extremely embarrassing, I think, if on the day that God calls each one of us to eternity from this life, we stammer and stutter and say, well, you know, you know, Lord, I really didn't go to confession very much because I was too busy. On that day, God might be too busy for us. May he bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Amen.